ignorantia juris non excusat. In law, ignorantia juris non excusat, Latin for ignorance of the law excuses not, or ignorantia legis neminum excusat, ignorance of law excuses no one, is a legal principle holding that a person who is unaware of a law may not escape liability for violating that law merely by being unaware of its content. European law countries with a tradition of Roman law may also use an expression from Aristotle translated into Latin, Nemos insater ignorare legem, nobody is thought to be ignorant of the law, or ignorantia juris neset, not knowing the law is harmful. Explanation The rationale of the doctrine is that if ignorance were an excuse, a person charged with criminal offenses or a subject of a civil lawsuit would merely claim that one was unaware of the law in question to avoid liability, even if that person really does know what the law in question is. Thus, the law imputes knowledge of all laws to all persons within the jurisdiction no matter how transiently. Even though it would be impossible, even for someone with substantial legal training, to be aware of every law in operation and every aspect of a state's activities, this is the price paid to ensure that willful blindness cannot become the basis of exculpation. Thus, it is well settled that persons engaged in any undertakings outside what is common for a normal person will make themselves aware of the laws necessary to engage in that undertaking. If they do not, they cannot complain if they incur liability. The doctrine assumes that the law in question has been properly promulgated, published and distributed, for example, by being printed in a government gazette, made available over the internet, or printed in volumes available for sale to the public at affordable prices. In the ancient phrase of Gratian, leges instituner cum promulgantur, laws are instituted when they are promulgated. In order that a law obtain the binding force which is proper to a law, it must be applied to the men who have to be ruled by it. Such application is made by their being given notice by promulgation. A law can bind only when it is reasonably possible for those to whom it applies to acquire knowledge of it in order to observe it, even if actual knowledge of the law is absent for a particular individual. A secret law is no law at all. In criminal law, although ignorance may not clear a defendant of guilt, it can be a consideration in sentencing, particularly where the law is unclear or the defendant sought advice from law enforcement or regulatory officials. For example, in one Canadian case, a person was charged with being in possession of gambling devices after they had been advised by customs officials that it was legal to import such devices into Canada. Although the defendant was convicted, the sentence was an absolute discharge. In addition, there were, particularly in the days before satellite communication and cellular phones, persons who could genuinely be ignorant of the law due to distance or isolation. For example, in a case in British Columbia, four hunters were acquitted of game offenses where the law was changed during the period they were in the wilderness hunting. Another case, in early English law, involved a seaman on a clipper before the invention of radio who had shot another. Although he was found guilty, he was pardoned, as the law had been changed while he was at sea. Although ignorance of the law, like other mistakes of law, is not a defense, a mistake of fact may well be, depending on the circumstances, that is, the false but sincerely held belief in a factual state of affairs which, had it been the case, would have made the conduct innocent in law. Translation Presumed knowledge of the law is the principle in jurisprudence that one is bound by a law even if one does not know of it. It has also been defined as the prohibition of ignorance of the law. The concept comes from Roman law and is expressed in the Brocard Ignorantia Legis Non Excusat. The essential public character of a law requires that the law, once properly promulgated, must apply to anyone in the jurisdiction where the law applies. 
Thus, no one can justify his conduct on the grounds that he was not aware of the law. Generally, a convention exists by which the laws are issued and rendered accessible by methods, authors and means that are simple and well-known, the law is readable in certain places, some systems prescribe that a collection of the laws is copied in every local city council, is made by certain authorities, usually sovereign, government, parliament, and derivative bodies, and enters into effect in certain ways, many systems for instance prescribe a certain number of days, often 15, after issue. This is commonly intended as a constitutional regulation, and in fact many constitutions or statutes exactly describe the correct procedures. However, some recent interpretations weaken this concept. Particularly in civil law, regard can be had to the difficulty of being informed of the existence of a law considering the lifestyle of the average citizen. On the penal side, the quality of the knowledge of the law can affect the evaluation of the animus nocendi or the mens rea, in that certain subjective conditions can weaken personal responsibility. The theme was widely discussed, also for political reasons, at the time of the Enlightenment and in the 18th century, given the heavy proportion of illiterate citizens in European countries, who would have some difficulties being aware of all the laws in a country. It was then argued that both the presumed knowledge and the heavily increasing corpus of national legislation were working in favor of lawyers rather than citizens. In recent times, some authors have considered this concept as an extension of, or at least as analogous to, the other ancient concept, typical of criminal law, that no one can be punished under a law that was issued after the action was committed. This interpretation is however disputed, given that the matter would hierarchically more properly refer to a constitutional doctrine rather than to a civil or penal one. Some modern criminal statutes contain language such as stipulating that the act must be done knowingly and wittingly or with unlawful intent, or some similar language. However, this does not refer to ignorance of laws, but having criminal intent. Exceptions In some jurisdictions, there are exceptions to the general rule that ignorance of the law is not a valid defense. For example, under U.S. federal criminal tax law, the element of willfulness required by the provisions of the Internal Revenue Code has been ruled by the courts to correspond to a voluntary, intentional violation of a known legal duty under which an actual good-faith belief based on a misunderstanding caused by the complexity of the tax law is a valid legal defense. See Cheek v. United States. In Lambert v. California, 1957, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that a person who is unaware of a malum prohibitum law cannot be convicted of violating it if there was no probability he could have known the law existed. It was subsequently ruled in United States v. Freed, 1971, that this exception does not apply when a reasonable person would expect their actions to be regulated, such as when possessing narcotics or dangerous weapons. In High End v. North Carolina, 2014, the Supreme Court held that even if a police officer incorrectly believes that a person has violated the law due to a mistaken understanding of the law, the officer's reasonable suspicion that a law was being broken does not violate the Fourth Amendment. Age of Criminal Responsibility The age of criminal responsibility is the age below which a child is deemed incapable of having committed a criminal offense. In legal terms, it is referred to as a defense of infancy, which is a form of defense known as an excuse so that defendants falling within the definition of an infant are excluded from criminal liability for their actions, if at the relevant time, they had not reached an age of criminal responsibility. After reaching the initial age, there may be levels of responsibility dictated by age and the type of offense committed. Under the English common law the defense of infancy was expressed as a set of presumptions in a doctrine known as doli incapax. 
A child under the age of seven was presumed incapable of committing a crime. The presumption was conclusive, prohibiting the prosecution from offering evidence that the child had the capacity to appreciate the nature and wrongfulness of what they had done. Children aged 7 to 13 were presumed incapable of committing a crime but the presumption was rebuttable. The prosecution could overcome the presumption by proving that the child understood what they were doing and that it was wrong. In fact, capacity was a necessary element of the state's case, thus, the rule of sevens doctrine arose. If the state failed to offer sufficient evidence of capacity, the infant was entitled to have the charges dismissed at the close of the state's evidence. Doe-Lie Incapax was abolished in England and Wales in 1998 for children over the age of 10, but persists in other common law jurisdictions. Terminology. The terminology regarding such a defense varies by jurisdiction and sphere. Defense of infancy is a mainly U.S. term. The age of criminal responsibility is used by most European countries, the UK, Australia, New Zealand and other Commonwealth of Nations countries. Other instances of usage have included the terms age of accountability, age of responsibility, and age of liability. The term minimum age of criminal responsibility, MACR, is a term commonly used in the literature. The rationale behind the age of accountability laws are the same as those behind the insanity defense, insinuating both the mentally disabled and the young lack apprehension. The age of criminal responsibility. Governments enact laws to label certain types of activity as wrongful or illegal. Behavior of a more antisocial nature can be stigmatized in a more positive way to show society's disapproval through the use of the word criminal. In this context, laws tend to use the phrase, age of criminal responsibility in two different ways. As a definition of the process for dealing with an alleged offender, the range of ages specifies the exemption of a child from the adult system of prosecution and punishment. Most jurisdictions develop special juvenile justice systems in parallel to the adult criminal justice system. Here, the hearings are essentially welfare-based and deal with children as in need of compulsory measures of treatment and or care. Children are diverted into this system when they have committed what would have been an offense as an adult. As the physical capacity of a child to commit a crime. Hence, children are deemed incapable of committing some sexual or other acts requiring abilities of a more mature quality. Discussion. This is an aspect of the public policy of parens patriae. In the criminal law, each state will consider the nature of its own society and the available evidence of the age at which antisocial behaviors begin to manifest itself. Some societies will have qualities of indulgence toward the young and inexperienced, and will not wish them to be exposed to the criminal law system before all other avenues of response have been exhausted. Hence, some states have a policy of doli incapax, for example incapable of wrong and exclude liability for all acts and omissions that would otherwise have been criminal after reaching a specified age. Hence, no matter what the child may have done, there cannot be a criminal prosecution. However, although no criminal liability is inferred, other aspects of law may be applied. For example, in Nordic countries, an offense by a person under 15 years of age is considered mostly a symptom of problems in a child's development. This will cause the social authorities to take appropriate administrative measures to secure the development of the child. Such measures may range from counseling to placement at a special care unit. Being non-judicial, the measures are not dependent on the severity of the offense committed but on the overall circumstances of the child. The policy of treating minors as incapable of committing crimes does not necessarily reflect modern sensibilities. 
Thus, if the rationale of the excuse is that children below a certain age lack the capacity to form the mens rea of an offense, this may no longer be a sustainable argument. Indeed, given the different speeds at which people may develop both physically and intellectually, any form of explicit age limit may be arbitrary and irrational. Yet, the sense that children do not deserve to be exposed to criminal punishment in the same way as adults remains strong. Children have not had experience of life, nor do they have the same mental and intellectual capacities as adults. Hence, it might be considered unfair to treat young children in the same way as adults. In Scotland, the age of criminal responsibility was raised from 8 to 12 by the implementation of the Age of Criminal Responsibility, Scotland, Act 2019, which came into force on March 31, 2020. In England and Wales and Northern Ireland, the age of responsibility is 10 years, and in the Netherlands and Canada the age of responsibility is 12 years. Sweden, Finland, and Norway all set the age at 15 years. In the United States the age varies between states, being as low as 6 years in North Carolina and as high as 12 years in California, Massachusetts, and Utah, at least for most crimes, 11 years is the minimum age for federal crimes. As the treaty parties of the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court could not agree on a minimum age for criminal responsibility, they chose to solve the question procedurally and excluded the jurisdiction of the court for persons under 18 years. Some jurisdictions do not have a set fixed minimum age, but leave discretion to prosecutors to argue or the judges to rule on whether the child or adolescent, juvenile, defendant understood that what was being done was wrong. If the defendant did not understand the difference between right and wrong, it may not be considered appropriate to treat such a person as culpable. Alternatively, the lack of real fault in the offender can be recognized by rulings that avoid criminal sentences and or address more practical matters of parental responsibility by adjusting the rights of parents to unsupervised custody, or by separate criminal proceedings against the parents for breach of their duties as parents. Juvenile Courts In some countries, a juvenile court is a court of special jurisdiction charged with adjudicating cases involving crimes committed by those who have not yet reached a specific age. If convicted in a juvenile court, the offender is found responsible for their actions as opposed to guilty of a criminal offense. Sometimes, in some jurisdictions, such as the United States of America, a minor may be tried as an adult.